deacon talking. Holy pod, week 17 in ordinary time. Feed me, Lord. Let the Spirit come down. Let the Spirit come down. Let the Spirit come down on me to change my life around. Let the Spirit come down. Hello and welcome to this homily pod based on Elisha, the man of God, in 2 Kings chapter 4. And thoughts from Ephesians chapter 4 that will prepare us for next week, but mainly looking at the beginning of John chapter 16. We have Mike Anderson singing Feed Us O Lord, and Father Don will still our minds to prayer. So let's just be silent. Lord, teach us to pray as you taught your disciples to pray. Help us to take time apart to be alone with you. Help us to persevere in the life to which you've called us. Help us to let go of all that which intrudes upon our mind so that we might grow in our love for you forever and ever. Amen. Everyone knows that if you are tired and hungry, a meal will do you good. But the modern theory of nourishment all about vitamins and carbs is a different thing if you are training for the Olympics. Did you see that incredible opening ceremony in Tokyo? I thought those drones were something else of this world. I think the early Greek runners, jumpers and throwers, they just ate their dinners and felt better competing long before the nutritionists came up with all their theories about superfoods. Modern athletics, however, very different. They've had, had scientific additions made to almost every aspect of their lives in order to become the strongest, the fastest or the highest or in the case of the Olympians to win the gold medal that will undoubtedly change their lives forever in all kinds of extraordinary ways. It's a treasure they feel is worth any amount of discipline and hardship. 
the comic character Alf Tupper, known as the Tough of the Track. He ran his own one-man welding business in Brasingford. I don't know if you remember these comics. He's one of the best milers in the world. I wonder what he would have thought about the modern-day athletes training for the Olympics, who have had to be given a personal diet and are told not to eat before training. Well, if I remember right, Alf was doing that years ago in the Rover comic. He'd start training straight from work, then calling at the chippy for a slap-up meal of fish and chips afterwards. And he was the comic's European 1500 metres champion, and he always won every single race. Today's gospel is a run-up to the gift of a food of real importance, one that prepares for the greatest treasure of Christian life. It's worth all the hardship and discipline, and perhaps that isn't the case. Perhaps we just take it all too easy. The theme over the next few weeks in St John's Gospel will be the institution of the Eucharist. The crowds that Jesus felt were like sheep without a shepherd last week found this teaching about the bread of life very difficult. They were happy with the idea of everyday bread like the manna brought through Moses and there are many references and echoes of the Old Testament today in John's readings and, and other readings. John himself likes to give us signs about Jesus that others in this episode do not grasp. Think of Philip. Didn't really get it right, did he? And when they'd eaten their fill, he says to the disciples, gather the fragments that are surplus so that nothing be lost. So they gathered and they filled twelve baskets of fragments from the five barley loaves that were surplus to the needs of those who had eaten. These twelve baskets can refer to the twelve tribes of Israel. I've heard that quite a lot, making Jesus also the good shepherd spoken about in the promise of a Messiah who feeds his sheep. Or is John comparing him to someone like Moses in the desert? What's Elisha in the first reading who fed 100 people on mere 20 barley loaves? Give it to the people and let them eat, for thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left over. And in both situations that was the case. The feeding of the 5,000 is, according to Father Henry of the Wednesday Word, a sign of the food of life. However, the food of physical nutrition, the stuff of carbs and calories, is not the nourishment Jesus wants to provide for his spiritual athletes. We are meant to rely on Jesus not for the slap-up meal, but for life itself. John could be inferring here to the celebration of the Eucharist that was common among the early Christians who had been going on in various forms, uh, eating in different homes in different ways, some good, some not so good, for over a hundred years. So is this episode really about the Mass? Last week Jesus fed the crowds with his word. Very important, the first part of the Mass is the liturgy of the word. We now appreciate how important the food of scripture is and is vital for our journey. Holy Communion follows on naturally in the Mass as the treasure Jesus left at the Last Supper. 
And the giving of bread to the 5,000, it's placed by John at the crossroads of Jesus' public ministry. And from this point, for Jesus, it's a journey to the cross. The crowd doesn't see this, and the readers, including us, we can smile at their foolish desire to take Jesus and make him king too early, until he slips away alone. Perhaps misunderstood. The next day, across the lake in the synagogue, John lets Jesus explain to us and to the crowds the real meaning of the bread. That's the episode saved for next week. To give us a taster of what is to come, we have the encouragement from the letter to the Ephesians to ponder on. Father Nick King gives three pointers out of the list of ones. One body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all and through all and in all. Beautiful reading from the Ephesians. Three principles to think about from this, Father Nick says. One, the unity of the church in the spirit. Two, the identity of Christ. And three, ready for next week. How are these two connected as body of Christ?
Change my life around